Suing China in a class action lawsuit for COVID-19, Jeremy Alters of the Berman Law Group sorts it out. I'm Lawrence Coletti, and this is Legal Talk Today. Welcome to the show, Jeremy. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing all right. Doing all right. The weather here in Southern California is beautiful as always, and that is definitely uplifting to the spirits. So I realize uh, your law firm has multiple locations. And so which one do you call home? I work out of the Boca Raton office down in South Florida and uh, also work out of the Miami office. Oh, I bet things are starting to get pretty warm there down in Boca Raton. It is extremely hot the last couple of days, especially uh, right around 90 degrees. So it'll get hotter, oh, wow. but it's good right now. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my goodness. I remember I went out for a really early morning run one time and it had to have been in the upper eighties at about four in the morning. I couldn't believe it. So just a real probably sweating when you walked out the door. Instantly, instantly. So I got that part out of the way. So well, Jeremy, your your firm is uh suing the uh, government of China for its handling of the COVID nineteen pandemic. But before we get to that, uh, if you could just tell our audience what type of law your firm practices, I think that would help kind of set the context for the knowledge base. Sure, I'd be happy to. So I am the chief strategist, non-attorney spokesperson for the law firm. And my role here is to make sure that our cases get into the media the way they need to be so that they can be pursued effectively and efficiently. And our firm handles a variety of cases, including multiple class actions, mass torts, which are litigations involving multiple, multiple hundreds, or if not thousands of people against pharmaceutical companies, and personal injury cases, commercial cases, and the like. Those those are the things we focus on. And uh, members here uh, have had massive success in class actions in the past, and we hope to do that again here in this case. Well, so now you have two class actions against the government of China. One's for mishandling and negligence, and the other one is for abuse, hoarding, and market manipulation of PPE, of course, the personal protective equipment we hear so much about on the news. So if you could just do a very brief summary of those, and we'll get into the details later, just kind of walk us through just real quickly. Sure. Lawsuit number one, which was filed March 12th, is the lawsuit against China for its intentional failure to disclose the information that they had about the disease, about the virus before it got to the United States, the intentional cover-up of the information, the silencing of the doctors and people telling the truth, and their failure to contain the virus when they knew exactly what it was and how to contain it. That's lawsuit number one. Lawsuit number two is on behalf of the healthcare professionals in the United States who have been subject to being diagnosed, exposed, and died, unfortunately, as a result of COVID-19 because they did not have the proper personal protection equipment for their jobs on the front lines, running to the front lines to help people as heroes, and they did not have the right equipment because China hoarded it, stockpiled it, and prevented it from being exported by U.S. companies in China. Okay. And then in terms of the plaintiffs, I know there's two different uh, primary claims here, but uh, you know, how many plaintiffs per claim? And then tell us who they are and what is the nature of their injuries? So the way it works in the first lawsuit is we have 15 different classes. Some may call them subclasses, but they're classes. Those classes involve people who have had, unfortunately, a family member die from COVID-19, uh, a class of people who have been diagnosed with COVID-19, a class of people that have been directly exposed to COVID-19, a class of people who have lost their jobs and lost economic interest in jobs because of the COVID-19. Small businesses is a class. Restaurants are a class. Service industry is a class. Medium and large businesses is a class. So that's, that's some of the classes that are involved in this. And 
individuals from all around the country who fit into those class categories can be members of the class if and when the class is certified. That's lawsuit number one. Lawsuit number two is strictly for healthcare providers, including first responders, nurses, doctors, respiratory technicians, personnel at the hospital who were directly exposed to COVID-19 in their profession, but even further exposed because they didn't have the proper equipment that they should have had had China released the equipment as they should have. Those are the class members for both classes. So I thought this was so fascinating. And, you know, especially since given, you know, the United States, it's so difficult to sue our federal, state or local governments. You know, walk Mm -hmm. us through how you obtained standing to bring this lawsuit against the Chinese government. Sure. There's two ways. So against the Chinese government or let's say the People's Republic of China, the actual government. And and by the way, we don't blame the people of China. We, We think the people of China are victims just like we are. But the government of China and its officials can be sued under the Foreign Sovereign Immunities Act. Now, the Foreign Sovereign Immunities Act gives foreign nations immunity from suit in the United States, but it does have five or six exceptions that apply that allow you to sue those countries if, in fact, they fell within those exceptions. So on case number one and case number two, they breached two of the exceptions to the Foreign Sovereign Immunities Act. And as a result, they can be sued. One is the non-commercial tort activity exception, and one is the business activity exception. And under the case law that has been established since the rule went into effect in 1976, it has broadened U.S. citizens' ability to go after countries who do not warn, fail to warn of an act that is so dangerous that the world needs to know, and also of an act that is so egregious that it offends the precepts of humanity. I think here it's crystal clear that the actions of China have offended the precepts of humanity and it was so egregious that it did so. And of course, as you've heard all over the place, they failed to warn of a known danger. The second part of this is the CCP. The Communist Party of China is not a government. It is not a country. Therefore, they don't get sovereign immunity. They don't fall under the FSIA. So we have a direct path to the CCP in our opinion. And the way I describe it, Lawrence, is we talk about a a 400-meter race. The CCP case is straight around the track, and we'll see how fast we can go. The China case, meaning the People's Republic of China, described as a 400-meter hurdle race. We have to clear some hurdles, but we're still going to get around the track. Okay. um, And just for the sake of time, I'm going to combine a couple of the upcoming questions into one. And so what I want to ask you, Jeremy, is the key facts and legal theories that are supporting your claims here. Sure. The key facts are actually pretty simple. China was testing the coronavirus in its Wuhan Institute of Virology lab. That virus either left the lab and leaked out of the lab through human transmission, or it left the lab through carcasses of bats that were carrying the coronavirus. China knew about this virus as early as November. There's some information that it may have been as early as October. They did nothing to contain that virus when they learned about it. They did nothing to warn the world about it until January 23rd when it was too late and multiple tens of thousands of people had traveled around the world with the virus, carrying the virus. And now you are seeing the effects of it. Okay, and then what type of uh, relief or damages are you seeking for the plaintiffs? That's a great question. So the class categories that I mentioned before, each person has different damages. Each entity has different damages. 
So each class will have its own formula, which will develop a damage model for those classes. So for the people who died and have been injured, they receive personal injury and wrongful death damages. The people who have lost their businesses, they will have economic damages that can be calculated based on the loss. And at the end of the day, between that and the amount of money that has been spent on this virus and this, this terrible situation, we will be able to seek trillions of dollars in recovery from China. All right, Jeremy. So my last question for you, I, I know that media is really important for cases like this. And just uh, to kind of set this up, I've been watching the Trial by Media series, which is a Netflix series put on by Jeffrey Tubin and Stephen Brill. They're the uh, executive producers. And they talk about these iconic cases that have been happening in the United States for the last few decades and sort of the role and impact media plays with that. And so related, uh, do you all have a media strategy to help build support for a case like this at your firm? We do. We have a significant media strategy. And in these cases and in this environment, it's very important. And I'm not surprised that there's a, a, an episode or a documentary or a show about it because it has become crucially important. You, you have social media, you have regular media, you have earned media and paid media, and all of it is important for pushing a case like this forward. We have partnered with Lucas Compton, which is a firm that specializes in comms and media uh, to get the word out. We have started our own website called demandchinapay.org, which is where people can go to join the lawsuit. And that is pushed out through all of the media entities. And Lucas Compton specializes in reaching across the aisle, both directions, to work with the government and to work with the media to get the word out about something like this, which is so important to, to frankly, all American citizens who have been harmed. And, and pretty much everybody in the United States has been harmed. Well, thank you so much for joining us here today, Jeremy. And if our listeners or maybe someone out there uh, seeks to join the class action, how can they find you? They can go to demandchinapay.org, demandchinapay.org. And there's a join the suit window right there where they can fill out their information. And within 72 hours, one of our attorneys will call them back and they will join the suit. And we look forward to everyone joining because we believe there is power in the momentum of people. And great things have happened in the United States with masses of people getting together to make it happen. So we hope everyone will join and we really look forward to pursuing this case. And just a quick follow up to that. You know, if someone's out there that thinks they've been injured, maybe give a little description as to what an injury is like out there, like people that maybe have lost their jobs, people have been affected by the health, but what other type of person might potentially have a claim that you can help them with? Right. So there are multiple types of injury for this case and an injury doesn't need to be you've been diagnosed although that is part of it injured diagnosed exposed so if you're working in an area where you know that someone has been diagnosed and you were directly exposed to it that's one of the areas if you own a small business and it's been shut down or lost significant money because of this that's a plaintiff for the case if you have a larger business same thing if you have a job or you're an independent contractor you own your own business that falls into one of the class categories. So pretty much everyone in the United States can fall into one of the classes if they're certified and be a member. But it is important up front to let everybody know how powerful this case can be and how powerful it is. So that's why we would encourage everyone up front to join in. And anyone who has been affected, effectively affected by this virus can be a claimant. 
Well, thank you listeners for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please rate us in your favorite podcasting app. Also, we'll cite our sources for this episode on our website, LegalTalkNetwork.com. This has been Legal Talk Today. I'm Lawrence Clitty. Stay strong, everybody. (laughs) Thank you.